Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the brand new Vicarious Experience podcast with Ellis Hobbs. I am your host, Michael Elkins, and welcome to our inaugural episode. First of all, Ellis, happy holidays. Happy New Year. How are you this evening? Happy holidays, Michael. I am doing well. Very blessed. Looking forward to what 2023 has in store. What's going on, my man? I'm looking forward to that too, especially this new show. So yeah. Or originally, because this is our first episode, we had planned sort of a longer introduction um, with talk about a lot of a lot of great things in our history and how we knew each other. But um, this is a topical show. Yep. One of the main topics is sports. So uh, we've made the decision tonight to push back the formal introduction because uh, we want to really be respectful to DeMar Hamlin and talk about that situation 100%. And so for our new listeners or people that might not know, um, you've had, I don't want to call it a similar experience, but you played for the Patriots, you played for the Eagles. When you were playing for the Eagles, you had an injury. Um, yes. A serious injury. And I think you better than a lot of people out there can talk to what that's like laying on that field in in, not the same thing as what happened to DeMar, but at that time, I think it was pretty serious and you'll talk to us about that, but what's that like, you know, what should we be looking at and, you know, what possibly is is he or his family going through right now? Yeah, I I think, you know, when you talk about um, let's just take, Take take the severity of the injury out of the equation for a second, with all respect, and let's just discuss, you know, the the entire maturation or experience, which you know, no pun intended for the for the uh, for the uh, podcast of of what people are going through, you know, and it's the loved ones, right? And the one thing that I've always said, regardless of whatever I've done, is that I am willing to sacrifice myself for pretty much anything for the greater cause, whether to win, to, to help out, to add value, family members, friends, colleagues, whatever it is. Right. But, or, or, and, and one of my favorite sayings is I'm willing to live out. I'm willing to live in a box, a cardboard box, if, if that's what it takes. But when I got married and I think, you know, with that, the, complexities and layers of that. And then of course, once you start to have kids and the dynamics of the relationships, that was the one thing that I didn't factor into the equation. You know, how is everybody else affected? Because when I leave this house right now at the age of 39 or whatever I do, there's people that are directly impacted by that. Now, this present day, I guess rewind the tape back. That was still happening back then. It's just me being in youth and, you know, pretty much selfish. You're not thinking in that, in those long lines of that right now, put back into this injury with DeMar Hamlin and then anything that I've been through with football. Those are the people that you're most concerned about with these types of situations. If, if, and hopefully DeMar 
is able to to come out of this uh okay first and foremost just being able sure. to walk out on his own breathing and everything else but if he has the opportunity to play ball again his mindset will now be on the what ifs of everyone else specifically the ones that are closest to him loved ones uh from yeah. what i from what i've heard and what i know and what i continually hear um you just continually hear his mom ringing in, in everyone's ear right like his mom was at the game his mom had the opportunity to get into the ambulance with him to go to the hospital now family members and friends right and so from my perspective when i was hurt um, unfortunately my parents uh, were not there the only person that was actually there for me at the time was my wife and so i knew that she was in the suites and when i was injured and basically paralyzed and couldn't do anything for myself. The only thing that I could think about was getting some sort of message to her and to them that, hey, I'm not okay, obviously, but I'm okay enough to tell you that it's going to be okay and that I'm still alive or that I'm still this and that, right? Because for me and my experience, again, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I actually I was paralyzed. That was my last play in the NFL right. on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. And so people thought that I was unconscious. It's no, I just couldn't move from the neck down. And so, you know, thinking about it from the other side of my wife and then my parents or loved ones or friends and family who are watching, all they see is a limp body. And so knowing that, I was just trying to get some sort of word and prioritize who was able to get that information. And so as fast as I could, once I came uh came to with some sort of movement uh you know i kind of got my wits about me once we got into the back when they will when they wheeled me off into the back i was just trying to outside to get a hold of my wife to see where she was if she was coming down underneath the tunnel i was trying to talk to uh, my parents and call home and so i couldn't move my hands i couldn't move my arms just because they weren't working at the time but i had one of i believe one of the doctors or the coaches or somebody you know, with, with with teary eyes of just, hey, can someone please call this number for me so that I can tell my mom that I'm okay, that I can tell my mom, hey, I'm alive, I'm, I'm able to speak. Because again, they don't know anything beyond me just getting wheeled off. And I, my eyes were open, I had the thumbs up. But again, from a mom's perspective, that's not enough. And you want to be able to hear your quote unquote baby, your kid, your son, your child, your oldest child, you know, speak to you. So uh, with DeMar, it is one of those things to where I think just being able to hear his voice again from uh, from his mom's perspective, he may have already had we because we only know so much, right? Um, well, that his mom. Yeah, I think the current. Well, I, I don't want to speculate, but the latest media report was he's still in critical condition, and I think is still on the ventilator. And last I heard, and again, this is what I heard, and I, I we don't we're certainly not going to speculate on the medical, but but. The latest reports were that he was still sedated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I believe 50% oxygen now That's that what he's I've taking in us. on his own. And then 50% um, that he's actually having to be assisted with through a ventilator system. Now, interesting thing, Michael, um, and I've never talked to you about this, uh, but um, my best friend actually went into cardiac arrest. Similar situation to where he was driving. And uh, he's 30... He's 39 years old now, but wow. um, at the time, it was about roughly, it was 2015. So subtract whatever amount of years that was, seven years ago, um, you know, right around 32, 33 years old. He slumped over in the car. He was driving. His wife had to grab the steering wheel, oh um, had to stop the, uh, the vehicle. They actually went into a ditch. 
And um, I was actually in uh, the Dominican Republic and got the call. And um, of course, you know, no, I, I'm just, you know, distraught. Don't know what's going on. This is my best friend from college, you know, no, no, known each other for quite some time. And they had to put him on ice and they had to sedate him. And so um, knowing that entire story about him, um, for whatever reason that night when when DeMar got hurt, I couldn't think about anything else. I stayed glued to the TV until I heard Scott Van Pelt say that they were not giving any more medical updates. So right. I, I went to bed after that. But the next day, when against everything settled down, I actually gave him a call and I said, hey, man, like, can you explain to me, you know, all this stuff? And so he did a very, very uh, thorough job of explaining to me to the best of his knowledge, because obviously he was unconscious, but they sedated him for roughly 10 to 11 days. Wow. Um, and, and from my understanding, the way that he explained it to me is that they're trying to take all of your own, quote unquote, manpower out of your control and put everything in a stable context, meaning that whatever could possibly happen to you that can influx within the body, they want to try to eliminate that. And so keeping you sedated isn't necessarily because they have to, they want to do that because right. that's the only way to kind of bring things back to normality because such, such a traumatic event has happened that your body could go all over the place. And you, and you basically can't, your body may not be able to to sustain the the traumatic uh, pressures that go on beyond what just happened to you on the field. So he he gave me a very again intense story of what it was and how it was. And it was kind of um, you know bringing back up those horror stories of not only me but then him because obviously you know that's my near dear friend. And uh, but yeah, I, it it actually brought more clarity and more peace to the situation for me because like okay, what's going on right now with the critical condition statements? is actually right in protocol of what needs to happen to save him and to try to make sure that he can get the best results coming from this, meaning tomorrow. Yeah. And I think everybody's acknowledged, at least so I've heard, obviously the family, there's no requirement for them to give us any information, obviously. At all. That's all very personal. Yeah. You know, and, and anyone that's expecting that or thinks, oh, they need to tell us, I think is, is total nonsense. But yeah. I think it's fascinating. Maybe not fascinating is the right, fascinating is probably not the right word, but um, amazing how this has really galvanized and yes. brought people together, especially in a in a country you know where there's so much division right now, and you know you could see it on the field, and and I'm not at all trying to make light of it, but you could see in that stadium, and then immediately on Twitter, you know I think his um, charity his his foundation donations are up to like six million dollars, yeah, and each day that has passed more and more people are sort of banding together. I was wondering if you talk a little bit about sort of sports in general, like as a teammate, how that would impact you or what those players might be going through, because, you know, the rest of us, we haven't actually played professional sports. So we're really speculating, but you've been in the locker room. You've obviously dealt with that. Your teammates had to deal with your injury. Yeah. Well, so I think that when you talk about sports and in, in different worlds, it comes off very um, narcissist. It comes off very cocky. But the statement is so true that sports is a huge uh, focus for most people when it comes sure. to America. Um, across sure. the world, I mean, we just had the World Cup, right? They were, they were chatting off some of the most ridiculous numbers when it came to, like, dollars 
and you know how much revenue is generated from that right and so before i get into that quick story i remember leaving college and um i was sitting in the back of the classroom um not really paying attention because i knew that I, it was time for me to go and i, I wasn't necessarily taking this <laughs> class anymore and it was time for me to tap out it's time right. for me to tap out right I, I, at least you're honest about it <laughs> yeah 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 because i because i mean because to, to be honest from where i was at the time uh my family was in dire need of certain things financially yeah and uh, i needed a job and i needed a job that paid significantly and i had the opportunity to get this job so after the class i go down to sign out and there's still a good amount of people within the class and the professor must be either you know up to up to date on sports or knew something about what I, my current situation or whatever because he acknowledged my presence once i came down there as you know and i'm and i'm kind of paraphrasing it but oh so you're the you're, you're the, uh, the the guy that's going supposedly going to the nfl or playing sports this and that so i was like okay man you know you know can you just sign the paper please so now he's like well just let me know when you'll be back which will probably be within the next 6 months and, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. And so he took the shot at me, right? So um, it's one of those things to where I, my, my final statement hit to him was like, listen, you know, when you have a job that pays me six figures plus um, to watch me take a test and watch us take tests in this classroom, please let me know because I'll sign up for it. I said, otherwise, I'm going to where they where they get paid for entertaining people. And so that statement pretty much put into to context of like i'm going to where the money is and where the focus is and where people want to be at to watch the one percent of the one percent you know do something that is you know pretty spectacular with their bodies and so all that being said i think it's a great it's an amazing thing how that that concept has now transitioned into appreciation because yeah. think, you don't really see that in, in sports, professional sports as well. I mean, turn on the TV, you'll, you'll always hear, you know, especially with these um, these series or these shows where people chime in via Twitter or yeah. what it is. Uh, a lot some of criticism. Greatest, uh, some of the funniest ones and the greatest ones are on TNT uh, with Inside the NBA, you know, when they're getting on Charles Barkley or, you know, Shaq and they're getting to rant and rave. And they're very funny, right? But the truth of the matter is people pay to criticize. They pay to to tell us what we're doing wrong and i think some of it is just the selfishness of of people and wanting to you know tear people down that 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 do something that maybe they can't do but in this situation here i think it humanized us as professional athletes to where something that we're all susceptible to and i think it brought back into reality for most people is like they are human because you tell you show me on that play something that we haven't even heard of we haven't heard of before or we haven't seen ourselves with a loved one a family member a friend cardiac arrest that's a very general term for anybody and i think for them to actually see a big human oh that's siri <laughs> no nope, you're good the, Keep, you're good <laughs> one a human being that's a big athlete and a football player um who's supposed to be pretty much invincible is now chopped down by something that is uncontrollable, totally yeah. uncontrollable. And so, yeah, man, it, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. And so I was very impressed, you know what, Michael, by the Bills Mafia to where like it started with them, the central focus of them. And, you know, they, they have that great fan base as well. But I think because of, and it, it sucks to say it, man, because of what he went through, DeMar, 
you got to going see through. it's going through you got to see and you're seeing all of the other great things that he was as a person and it's kind of funny it's kind of ironic yeah. right we love to give people flowers when they're not here we love to give people flowers when you know when they don't necessarily get to hear it or see yeah. it and so you know it's kind of a double-edged sword man to where i, I i'm grateful and it's, i'm glad that he's getting so much att- his um his charities are getting so much attention and you know the money is this and that but you know what he, obviously he was doing this beforehand you know so it, took, it literally took he literally took him sacrificing his life now which he's fighting for to get attention for these things and you know hopefully out of this man we 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 get to take this experience and not necessarily say that it won't happen again to someone else but hopefully throughout this we get to appreciate what we get to experience i mean what we get to enjoy as entertainment and really appreciate these people as human beings yeah i I really think um we tend to as fans commentators people that work in the industry and i do some some sports law stuff but when you're watching a game you tend to forget that uh, i don't want to say you forget that there are people out there that that's um probably not what we would want from ourselves but you tend to forget like those are human beings out there yeah i don't think people want to admit that they don't want to admit that (laughs) when you say that out loud it sounds horrible but you know we 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 look at the tv and we're like ah so and so sucks or whatever it is and there's i mean and one of the things that has happened here is you know just the humanization of of everything in this situation um you know the game doesn't matter right playoff seating doesn't matter records don't matter i mean all that none of that stuff matters no when when you're talking about a situation like this and when when it that's all been stripped away rightfully so the outpouring of support from fans teammates you know fellow players across the board has been incredible yeah, I think because people identify, they identify with the realization that that could be their son, right. that could be their brother, that could be, you know, their husband, their boyfriend. And so uh, I've always said this about sports in the in the reality of social media and how those things were never meant to be together right. and and how that what you as a as a regular audience gets to witness and experience and as you see over time throughout the years it's gotten more and more in depth more and more invasive um people are shaken up by that people are disturbed by that some people are more intrigued but uh for the most part people are like wait a minute this happens wait a minute that's a real thing wait a minute you do what and so people get very taken back when they see the realities of that world and I think what, what you saw on live TV was, you know, again, the our, uh, us as an audience being uh, desensitized to a lot of different things that happen, but that snapped everybody back to reality. Like, wait a minute, this is a human. I'm like, this is entertainment, but wait a minute, that's a, that's a person that just, that just happened. You know, yeah. wait a minute, they're doing what to him out there? Oh my God, CPR. Like that's something that you hear about on Chicago Med. That's something right. you hear about on Grey's Anatomy, but certainly not something you see on a national broadcast every day. No, no. Uh, I, I mean, it's just it, it was chilling to watch. I can't even imagine what it was like to to be there. Um, transitioning a little bit, 
there's been some staying obviously on Demar Hamlin's situation, but sort of the broader scope now. Okay. There's been a lot of discussion about did the NFL tell the teams you have five minutes to warm up and should the NFL have been more I'm going to give sort of my shorthanded version of this and then throw it over to you to talk from the, the player's perspective. But I think at the end of the day, what matters is the NFL got it right. They didn't yeah. play that. They didn't finish that game. I think it was a completely unique situation. I think if the NFL, I don't know this for fact, but this is my guess that if the NFL communicated to the teams that they'd be, they'd get at some point five minutes to warm up and play. That's because maybe they didn't understand at that particular moment, the severity. And then once they found out about the severity of the situation, they ultimately made the right call. Yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. I know the NFL has not built itself up as it's not built up a lot of goodwill with no. its consistent scandals and so, some of which you were a part of in, in 07, at least in, in some part. We'll talk about Remember, that later. Yeah, the, the different day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they got it right here. I mean, and that's what matters. They yeah. did not play that game. Yeah, I mean, so anybody that wants to be critical – of that specific situation and kind of the maturation of the, whatever it was, 90 minutes or something of, of that. Just show me where the handbook is for that. Correct. Just yeah. show, just, just show me the manual. Just show me the manual. You kept hearing it over and over again from the announcers, Troy. Um, you kept hearing it from some of the producers, um, some of the analysts on ESPN, Booger McFarlane of this is like, this is unprecedented. Like this is something completely that completely new, completely new, completely new. And like, Sadly you know, new. yeah. And if, and if you don't believe them, look at the reaction of the players. Like these guys are warriors. I, me specifically, we've seen injuries over and over again, been a part of all that stuff. Those weren't reactions of a normal situation of Correct. what we're used to as a normal, normal situation. Right. So that's the first point of it. The, the second point is, it, it is very, very sensitive to talk about, especially with this situation here. But here's the reality of this situation. You are dealing with a multi-billion dollar business. I don't care how they list themselves as a 501c3. I don't care about all of the underlings of, you know, play 60 of uh, the charity, yeah. all that stuff. This is a multi million dollar business so that being said you match that up with something that's unprecedented you are literally trying to place or input some sort of protocol with bureaucracy and trying to figure out how do you manage through this situation from what you're dealing with of what you know and then moving forward and so when you're seeing in the back camera views, and I don't know what that camera was or what uh, viewpoint that was or how they were getting that feed or that source of, you know, um, you have the two coaches in the back. You have a, a young, uh, a young white lady, I believe, that was sitting right next to them that I was believe part of the of the NFL uh, executives that were talking on Park Avenue. And so you see them passing that phone around. You see them talking through a lot of different things. There's just it takes time. Because something that happens so dramatically, unknowingly, with all of the preparation that goes into an NFL game from a production standpoint, from the game itself, after production, uh, what can be shown, what can't be shown, uh, licenses, all these other things, right? You're now in uncharted territory. 
And so as a business, they're trying to wrangle all of these circumstances uh, back into play. Like, how, hey, how do we manage all this? Right. So there's so much speculation that we can go into. And nobody was on those phone calls. Nobody uh, like understands, you know, the magnitude, the questioning. But to your point, and, and I agree, they got it right. You know, yes. stop play. They slow things down. They tried to gather as much information as they could. I'm pretty sure um, the executives were trying to gauge the temperature of like what like what can you guys see versus what we're hearing. Um, here's what our sources are saying. Again, trying to compare information. There's just a lot more layers than clear cut. All right, enough's enough. Everybody go home. Sure. Like it, it just doesn't work like that. And so um, I, I definitely think they got it right. But I definitely think moving forward, there is going to be a lot of scrutiny when it comes to how things are managed, how the information is delivered, um, you know, even with this, even with the situation directly, okay, like medical history, you know, processes and protocols, internal investigations, external investigations of, of, of all sorts and all matters, right? And again, just, just knowing the NFL and being a business, I assure you, there was a war room meeting of like, hey, what needs to happen next? Worst case scenario. Okay. I do think my understanding is though that the the level of medical personnel at the game yeah. is significant and apparently was actually an advantage for Damar Hamlin that this happened that if this was going to happen, I'm not saying it's an advantage that it happened, but if it was going to happen. Thankfully, it happened with that type of personnel available to react in a split second, not far from a, apparently, I think University of Cincinnati is a level one trauma center. Yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't too far away, like 10, 15 yeah. minutes. Um, so from that perspective, too, I think we have to acknowledge that the NFL's medical personnel and the protocols they had in place for the game appear to have worked um, and appear to have been the appropriate appropriate personnel that they needed to deal with this type of a situation rare as it may be. Right. So uh, I'd be curious if there's going to be any issues with the NFL from that perspective. I don't, I don't think so because so specifically with this situation, because it was so dramatic. And what I mean by so dramatic was you had someone that, that got up immediately fell down. So play has to stop regardless. And now the the full attention is like, okay, why did this young man fall down? Okay, clearly that information can be deciphered very quickly. And then all of those parties that you were talking about can get evolved immediately, right? Because they're there. Yeah. I think where the NFL has been dropping the ball at and where uh, people are trying to compare this situation, which you can't because, like you said, they got it right and, 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 and were able to execute very quickly – but the other situations have been where two has now seen the field three times yeah. and, you know, the head injuries. Um, you have the young man for the, for the New England Patriots who uh, plays for them and had to stop the game himself to get attention to the other receiver. So it, it gets a little cloudy with those situations because, again, these people are still, I guess, with us is a bad word, but they're still conscious they're, they're showing some sort of signs and like they're fluctuating in and out. And maybe the medical staffs that are supposed to be their neutral parties at every game aren't able to decipher amongst, you know, hey, is this guy just toughing it out or is there clear signs of something going on? Well, well, something you brought up earlier, right? We, I think 
this is sad to say, but it feels like there's almost a desensitization. That's a word. We're desensitized. We're desensitized as fans and I think as consumers of the NFL and yep. maybe even players too, to a certain degree, to what we consider to be the normal everyday risks of playing this game. Absolutely. Which I do not think DeMar Hamlin or any player is assuming the risk of, of, of what happened to him. This is, from my perspective, a complete uh, one in a you know, whatever, a million chance that this is not something no athlete assumes this risk when they play, which is what's so tragic about it. But we think with concussions, Achilles tears, ACL tears, these types of things, hitting the ground hard, hard hits, head, you know, even targeting type of hits. I think there's some desensitization to that. I wonder, though, if that's now going to change. Well, 100%. I agree with you 100% for the simple fact of I experienced that. We actually have a phrase you know, within the sports world. And I think this kind of transcends across all sports. Um, Are you hurt or are you injured? You know, and like, you know, to a normal person, to a civilian, quote unquote, when it comes to sports, there's a different type of protocol and diagnosis when there is an injury involved. Um, The example, the best example I can give you is uh, most recently, um, two years ago, I tore my uh, my Achilles. And my biggest fear was going to a normal rehab specialist. And what I meant by normal is them treating me like an average person trying to rehab me back or mend me back. And so that being said, um, thankfully, I have the relationships in place to where I was able to get to a sports facility that could train and rehab my Achilles the way that I was common to uh, getting trained with. And what I mean by that is, more aggressive, uh, pushing the body and understanding the limitations, even at my age. Right. And so if you take that across the board, when it comes to professional athletes and sports in general, there is a different level of standard when it comes to injuries, when it comes to um, what can be tolerated and what cannot be tolerated. And so to your point, though, I think you end up getting conditioned to kind of lump it all together and say, okay we don't necessarily have to take it as serious as we would with a, with a normal human, because what's the, what's the, what's the most common thing right now with football? And it's, I see it, you know, all the time in literally being a little league coach is um, he's concussed or is he, con- is there a concussion involved? You know, okay, sit down. It may have been like a slight bump on the head or, you know, some sort of direct contact head to head. But I mean, we're so sensitive to that now. Right. Whereas once you get to the professional level, I mean, guys are banging heads and this and that, And, you know, sadly enough, we're praying that concussion protocol is not put into place because if it is, that means this how I has to sit down for X amount of time or he has to be off the field and this and that. And I think that just goes back to um, the, the, the big business of it, but then also just the conditioning of what we've got accustomed to. Injury is okay. That's just part of the game. And so long as you're not, I guess, you know, in a, in a, in a knocked out cold position, there's a chance, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think we, you know, it, it's, we've spent a lot of this football season, fans, commentators, players, even um, a lot of discussion and commentary on roughing the passer. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been a yeah. now that, again, 
I am not comparing what happened to DeMar Hamlin to roughing the passer saw. I'm not trying to make light of it, but it, it got me thinking, you know, this obviously w- with DeMar was, a, I think, a, a freak accident, a one in a million chance. But nonetheless, it's a, it is a brutal game. Yeah. And I think we maybe lost sight of that or at least accept it. And I wonder, I'm, I'm not saying it needs to change. I wonder generally if the conversation, though, around that is now going to change because of this situation. If, if the situation doesn't play out in, in the, the, the most positive light, meaning that DeMar is able to leave that hospital, you know, under, I wouldn't say under his own power, but with some sort of he can continue on living life, right? Um, I think even, even with that, yeah, I'll take that out. Even with that situation happening, which that I, I assume that's what everybody wants. That's what I want. We want the best for him, right? There is going to be, I believe a paradigm shift and, and I already, and I already see it. I already see it at my level. Again, when it comes to performance, when it comes to practices, when it comes to the experience of the game, where you're, you're having people specifically with the NFL and then comparative to college, the collegiate ranks, and then high school, there's this seven on seven, or there's this passing game effect that's current, that's currently happening now. And it's starting to create an uprising to where it's really becoming a competition within itself to where maybe not in the next 10 years or something like that, but there's going to be a whole nother way that we look at football to be, I guess the best at what you do, meaning that that becomes a league in itself because you see more and more parents pulling them, their kids out of this game, right. you know, because of the physical nature of it. Sure. And, you know, how do you not, you know, how do you not justify um, pulling them out when you see something like this? Of course. This was, this was more, this like, let's, let's be honest. This was like common tackle. This wasn't something that was like just extraordinary on crazy. I mean, we've seen so many hits this year, year after year to where you see, after you see a certain hit, you'd be like, man, like I'm surprised he got up that one. You do not think that he's not getting up and then he falls back down. And so when you're telling me as a parent or as a, as a, as an audience that, Hey, not only can your kid or not only can your loved one, uh, sustain uh, a, a traumatic injury by getting hit in a, in a violent way, but it doesn't even have to be that violent for them to potentially not ever get up again. You know, that, that, that scares a lot of people. I don't care how entertaining it is. And so again, because of the media pressure, social media and everything else, those worlds pressing against, you know, the sports world and, and being able to get let into the doors of something that they weren't supposed to be let into. I think it's going to create this pressure to find other ways to have fun, to keep the game even more safe. And so, again, like I said, with seven on seven, I don't want to get too far in the weeds with that, but like passing games, seven on sevens, just things that are nonviolent that keeps you competitive, but it's right. less violent. We're at about the 35 minute marker already. So I want to, I want to definitely wrap it up. But two things, first of all, obviously both of us, um, we want the best for DeMar Hamlin and certainly don't want to make light. This is not uh, some opportunity for people to grandstand. I mean, this is a tragic situation, but it's a, it's a situation that 
raises a lot of these issues. So when we talk about this stuff, it's obviously with the greatest of sensitivity to DeMar and his situation and his yes. family. And we want nothing but a full and complete recovery for him. One final point or question, the NFL plans to play Sunday. All the games are scheduled. Now that maybe that changes by the time this podcast airs, but as it is right now, all the games are scheduled. The Bills are playing the Patriots at home. Yep. I find it hard to believe that on Sunday morning, Saturday before, there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of discussion with any of these games about matchups and scheme. And it just all kind of seems not important right now from a, from my perspective. But from the player's perspective, what are your thoughts? And obviously, you've never been through this directly, but you, you played in the league for a while. What do you think would be going through their heads if, if they actually have to play these games on Sunday? And maybe that's an unfair question. but Yeah, man, no, it, I mean, it, it's, I mean a, it's a fair question because there's a reality to it. And, you know, man... Uh, for me specifically, there, there, it would be a wave of emotions. I don't think you can pinpoint it to just one. And I, and, and when you, when I guess when you say a wave of emotions, ultimately that equals distraction, you know. And you know, to play a game that is so violent, it requires so much focus. To be distracted by anything can be, you know, detrimental to now. I guess your life, right? Sure. And for me specifically, man, there would be, you know, guilt. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah this, 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 this weird That's guilt. Interesting. Yeah. Really this, interesting. This, yeah. This weird guilt of like, I almost like survivor's remorse, you know, right. where you, you know, like how did, like, why didn't that happen to me? How, how did that not happen to me? Again, distraction. Right. Um, And I would imagine that one element too of, does this matter? At this point, like we're talking about someone, I mean, I've experienced recently a friend who passed away from cardiac arrest and certainly that had me, this was a couple of weeks ago and that had mm. me thinking as I go about my daily life, kind of, you know, a lot of these things are sort of meaningless in the grand, not meaningless, but you really start to look at everything in through a different lens when you're directly impacted. I have to imagine there's at least some sentiment and I'm surmising and maybe asking the question too, of like, what, what are we doing here? What's yeah, again, it's the human element. It's the is is what we're not supposed to factor into this. The human and but element. when I when I say what are we doing here, I don't mean on this earth. I mean playing this game. Yeah, right? no, playing I get it. I totally That's get what it. I meant. Yeah, and I and I'll give you. I'll, and there's a direct answer for that. The show must go on. You know, um, money's involved. Um, again, there's logistics to this thing, and and you know, I'm not trying to be. Uh, the sense I'm not trying to be insensitive about this at all, but you're not like, advocating for that. You're saying yeah, that's what I'm just the telling NFL's you the position. Yeah, this is, is. The yeah, this is the position. This is I wouldn't say this is their position. This is their reality. This is what they have to deal with. They have to have these hard discussions. They have to talk about these things, right? I mean, think about how difficult it was and what it like we fought against so hard to shut the world down for COVID. People dying left and right. And it took a good amount of time before they said, okay, like we have to shut things down. Because in order to do that, there are so many ramifications that go with that. And when you talk about the players, 
and I get it, you know, the, the priority of the players, they're first and foremost and all these things, but <laughs> we are cogs in the system. And if you don't believe me, wait till April. There's the thing called a draft and they replace every single year. And so what keeps that afloat and what keeps that moving along is removing the human element. Just looking at the player stats, what he's capable of, the potential, and what he can do for this team. Every now and then you hear the stories, especially on draft night, to bring in that humanized element, to, to, to bring attention and the energy to the room. But then that's quickly removed out of the room again. You know, we get into metrics, size, height, and all these other things. The issue with this particular situation is you cannot remove the human element. There's a young man in the hospital fighting for his life. And so as much as you want to talk about the logistics, as much as you want to talk about the season and all of the predictions and the playoffs and the, and the rankings and all this other things, yeah, but wait a minute, is he okay? We're still dealing with this. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of seems, I mean, obviously as a as a fan and you know, someone who works in the industry, but also as a fan, I mean, there really isn't, from my, this is my perspective, I'm not speaking for anyone else, little to no desire to watch a lot of football on Sunday and be at all concerned with, oh, who's going to the playoffs? It just kind of seems like, given I mean, what's happened. Yeah, we what, say that. What are we yeah. doing? Yeah, I, I hear I'm not, you, Michael. I'm not like saying said, they should cancel the games. I'm just giving my perspective, and I wonder if that's prevalent. Out yeah, there. no, I mean, your perspective definitely has an audience. It, it definitely has agreeance within the room, and, and I'm on that as well. But again, I speaking from both sides of the world, we, we say that, but just think about when the world was at its heights of Black Lives Matter, when there was yeah. a huge, you know, uh, just wave of emotion that was galvanizing the, you know, the, 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 the social economic standards. Right. And like you had all these people talking about, they were going to ban from what they were, you know, boycotting the league and not watching any games and all this <laughs> yeah, other that, stuff. And that didn't happen. By yeah, the way. man. So it's like, listen, the the, 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 the most ironic thing about all that is, and the statement that I like to use is tell me how that's working for you now. Yeah, that sounds good. Right. And so I think and, and again, you know, you just watch TV and, you know, and you just 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 take a step back and just observe. There was so much pressure on the situation, so much attention. But slowly, minute after minute, hour after hour, the pressure starts to relieve itself. And I'm not saying that DeMar or that situation becomes a backstory, because obviously there's going to be more updates and milestones as we go along. But somehow, some way. We, we ease ourselves back into normality of like, okay, cool. And I think that's what's going to happen with the league. It's tough in the beginning because it's so fresh. It's so new. It's like a wound. Yeah. But, you know, there's somebody out there right now as a fan or people that's quote unquote paying, like we talked about earlier, who wants to see Sunday football, who wants to know if their team's going to the playoff. Believe it or not, there's somebody out there right now I'm pretty sure with the Patriots uh, fan base or somebody like that, that is saying, man, with this distraction, we should have a pretty good one leg up on. God, I hope not. Man, I, I mean, mean listen, I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that that's out there, but look, yeah, we just don't I like mean, to that's... talk about it. You just don't want to hear it, you know? And it's like, this is the sad truth, man. And so I, all that being said, uh, Michael, you know, the wave of emotion that I talked about, the guilt, all these other things. Am I supposed to do my job? Am I not supposed to? You know, it's my friend. That's my loved one. 
there has to be a, a, a crossroad and the crossroad is going to be on Sunday. And I think that that road is going to continually go on. Unfortunately, they're going to keep him in mind. They'll stop the game. Uh, I would say, you know, after the, um, you know, well, I think there'll be Banner. a lot of pregames. Yeah. Pre-game, yeah pre-game, so. you know, uh, cinematics, yeah. all those types of things. And then they're going to continually play the game. People will cheer. People will boo. Um, and like I said, slowly but surely, you'll just see that thing continually move forward. And then, you know, it'll get back to we're playing football again as normal. And we'll just go on to the next. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out on Sunday. That was a lot of really interesting uh, perspective. Appreciate it. So let me let everybody know what the situation is here for the show. Um, next week. I predict that we will have our regular introductory episode. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be coming to you. Uh, We're going to record every Wednesday. We'll be dropping our episodes the following that, that very next day on Thursday, Uh, follow the show, follow us on social media. You can follow Ellis on Twitter at Ellis E L L I S underscore Hobbs H O B B S underscore three can also um, that's Instagram, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. You can follow me on Twitter, just his name at Ellis Hobbs, E L L I S H O B B S. Follow me on Instagram as well at Melkins, the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at M L E three one one seven five. We'll have a lot of show updates across all social platforms. You can also follow me on TikTok, same at Melkins one. The show is going to be topical. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in sports a little bit about what's going on in life, business, and everything in between. Ellis, thanks for joining us tonight. Happy to be here, man. Excited uh, for what's to come. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. Everyone, if you have any questions, shoot us a direct message on any of those social media platforms. If you have any good topic ideas, let us know too. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everyone.
my time, think it's my What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.